Welcome back to the Electrify podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo, North America's largest EV festival coming to a major city near you. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining me here on another episode. I am, of course, your host, Joe Boris, and I'm here today with Randy Nottenberg, the co-founder and president of Bring a Trailer uh, Online Auctions. How are you doing, Randy? I'm doing great. How are you? Man, I, I'm doing okay. I, I always stumble at the start of these things, right? Because we've been talking for like 20 minutes and now we have to pretend like we just started this conversation fresh, right? So it's always a little bit artificial. But um, yeah, listen, Bring a Trailer is is obviously something that's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I don't know if you know the history of this, but I, I found uh, my most recent couple of project cars on Bring a Trailer and uh, I've done a couple of articles on them. So I'm, I'm really excited to be talking to you as an enthusiast, as someone who's always looking for like these cool kinds kind of one-off weird sort of uh, off-base cars that that I can kind of try to do something with. But, you know, in recent years, and I mean, really recent years, especially with the with the tightening of supply at dealerships, Bring a Trailer is offering a whole lot more utility to, to mainstream buyers who are just trying to find a car that they're looking for. Um, so your role in, in the wider in the wider sort of automotive space is becoming much bigger. How are you guys kind of navigating that? And is it something that took you by surprise? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that has fueled a lot of growth in the last couple of years. And obviously there's been some really wild dynamics to watch uh, in terms of yeah, new car availability and popular models that have these crazy waiting lists and people paying, you know, way over sticker. And man, the last couple of years have been just, it's been like a, case study on volatility in the car market. So oh, some of that new car market, and then some of that filters into the secondhand market, which is where we uh, exist. And to your point, when when we created the uh, auction model and, and bring a trailer transactional model, it was more around really deep collector type vehicles. And most people said, you know, what's a typical bring a trailer car? It was like an old car, right? It was like yeah. collect- collectible because it's, 20, 30, 40 years old, it's restored, it's rare, it's uh, it's sort of in that space. But it it actually became quickly sort of obvious and quickly like, wow, why didn't we think of that? That people also that own those cars also had a two-year-old Mercedes or a two-year-old Porsche or a two-year-old SUV. Um, and they said, hey, I want to, I want to transact this car as well. So we started getting interesting um, vehicles submitted to us that were much more modern and not totally mainstream. They're still sort of the performance model or the special color. You got to have something that makes it special, right? Nobody started submitting, you know, just beige minivans to bring a trailer. (laughs) That didn't really work because auctions, you need special inventory, but special didn't have to mean old. And so now, yeah, I mean, we'll start talking about electric stuff and and even, you know, performance Porsche models and, and rarity and specialness started to be submitted to bring a trailer. And now that's sort of our calling card, more so than classic or old time vehicles. Right. So the, the, the trailer aspect of bring a trailer went from being bring a trailer because this thing's old and it won't make it home to bring a trailer because this thing is special and you don't want to subject it to the harsh light of day kind of thing. Or it's brand spanking new, right? Or and it's brand spanking new, right? Country, right? <laughs> and some people on Bring a Trailer are crazy, like you and me, and we'll like you know fly to uh, you know Oklahoma and drive something home that may or may not get home. That's part of the adventure of our sort of ethos. But there's also people that are like, oh, the the one I want, and I want something unusual. 
is buried in Louisiana someplace and it's got to go on a truck to get to me. So that, that whole bring a trailer ethos is, is also there. And it's, again, we've just sort of expanded the definition. Yeah. I, I think you guys have done a tremendous job with it. I mean, if you want to talk about, you know, a brand that has grown um, into this space, I, I think bring a trailer is probably the, the best example in the last four or five years. Um, you mentioned EVs, right? So obviously we are EV centric kind of people, you know, here and, and uh, you know, with my involvement in the space as well. So how many EVs are we talking about? Because the number that I saw didn't really seem super correct. It was like 90 something million dollars worth of EVs bought and sold on bring a trailer just this year. And with an expectation that that's going to be a lot more next year. Yeah, it's really been ramping up, you know, I mean, it's, I think there's been a hundred EVs transacted on BAT this year out of, you know, many thousands overall. So it's still uh, in the minority, but Mm -hmm. it's been interesting to watch those become viable. Obviously EVs are more modern vehicles or are potentially converted old. Yeah. Resto mod kind of thing. Yeah. It's yeah, but but it's been interesting to watch the evolution and the adoption of um, these special EVs. Uh, we're, we're not listing a lot of. I don't know if we've ever listed a Prius. I don't know if we've ever listed a Nissan Leaf. <laughs> it's a mainstream. Those are cool and they have their place, but they're sort of volume based. Ours are yeah. sort of more the special ones, right? The ones where there's waiting lists, or the ones where it's a really impressive reveal, um, and those. Vehicles, you know, the, the Ford Lightnings, the Rivians, the Lucids, the, the couple special Teslas, you know, different sorts of things. Those vehicles are um, on BAT and are, are transacting and you can you can make a market out of it now. Just the ones going on bring a trailer because a lot of other places they post for people post these crazy markups and prices and they you never really know. The transparency on BAT tells you if they transact when they transacted, how exactly how much they transacted for. And it's like reliable data that isn't really out there in the marketplace, right? And somebody sent me a picture today of a of a uh, a Ford on a dealer lot with a $50,000 markup on it, right? And it's kind of like, is that, are they getting that? Is this some sort of showboat move? Like what, is that a real data point? Like, what are we even talking about? We don't even know. Is that the, the general manager's car that he just doesn't really want to sell and wants to put on the showroom floor? But like on on BAT, a lightning, like in two months ago, when they were maybe at their peak or three months ago, you knew exactly what a lightning platinum is transacting for in an open market environment with very low fees. And it's, it's, it's sort of fascinating to watch and, and you can uh, judge what the market is really doing on these special EVs that are uh, hard to get your hands on. Do you think that I mean, you know, you're talking about having a a true source or essentially a source of truth in the marketplace, right? Which is what Bring a Trailer is sort of becoming on these um, in-demand, highly marked up vehicles. Are you seeing more or are you hearing, you know, I know we don't want to talk about hearsay, but, you know, or do you like hear tales of consumers finding this kind of data online and going back to the dealer and saying like, Hey, this is a deal that I would run. Or maybe the other way, maybe the dealers are saying, Hey, look, the market will support maybe a 10 or $12,000 markup. So we can justify putting that addendum sticker on the side here. Well, they should. I mean, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, you want the best data that you can get. Right. And the, 100%. the data bring a trailer is kind of like, 
you know, Zillow, if you're walking down a street, like how much is that house with the sign out front worth? Well, yeah. there's real data about the 10 houses all around it. Right. And, and bring a trailer is very similar to that. And that, that, um, when that data is real and that data, um, can be surfaced and is permanent, like we make it, I think it's additive to everybody. It, it may be bad news for some. I mean, unfortunately, yeah, some of these cars are selling for 30 grand over sticker, which that's a whole separate conversation about how sure. that's a, a crazy, the MSRP system is kind of a, a wonky and crazy world to, to wade into and why it works the way it does and how dealers work and that sort of thing. But it's good to have the the transparent data out there. And I think that's true of the, the newest models and the oldest models and everything in between, which is why we we kind of push for permanence and transparency of the data. Now, how does someone, let's say that, you know, I, I'm a young car sales manager and I'm, I just got promoted out of the trenches and I want to do things right and set right, you know, fair prices and things like that. But I also still want to make money. How do I mine this data that you guys are generating? How do I go to bringatrailer.com or, or some other resource and say, okay, the last five Ford Lightnings kind of went for this price and sold at this date. How do I do that? Yeah, people are doing that uh, every single day on BAT. I think it's a fair amount of our traffic, honestly, is research, which I think is great. And uh, we have what's called model pages. And, you know, it, it, the, the biggest thing that, that hits you right when you get to bring a trailer is a search bar at the top. And you can really type in any any type of vehicle. You can type in modern stuff. You can type in Rivian. You can type in Tesla. Um, or you can get into way weird, esoteric old oh, yeah. sobs and you know, Volvos and, and, uh, race cars. Oh, you really did your research. <laughs> so like, oh, as, you as know you who know. you're talking to. <laughs> yep. As you know, there's that stuff. I, I love it. I'm an ex, you know, sob sonnet owner myself. Right. Which is like oh, a really poor thing, bizarre badge of honor and slash shame. So <laughs> it's all that stuff is available on BAT. So yeah, you ask how to get there. The cool part is there's a chart on BAT um, that shows you all the results that there have been since since we started auctioning cars in 2014 um, about every single model. And every dot on that thing is permanent. And you can dive into it and figure out all the options that were on it and and what was going on and why, you know, people oft, often ask, like, why did that one get 30% more than the one the week before, right? And there's right. reasons. There are, there are typically good reasons. So, oh, yeah. And sometimes that reason is just as simple as the clean one that went last week. There was a lot of watchers who who missed out and they said that's it i'm not missing out this time right well there's yeah there's psychology there's finance there's emotion there's all i mean there's all it's a it's a huge brew of all sorts of uh, drivers but i mean it's it's cool somebody today and and, and somebody you know sent me that thing in a, in a text group that i'm in about oh my gosh 50k over at the dealer and and i just went to the bat page and, and pulled up the chart and pasted it in and i said well here's what they're actually going for so right, good right. luck that thing's going to be parked on that showroom floor unless they get a sucker for the next six months because the market's moving away from them and they're already high to begin with. So anyway, yeah. it's, it's fascinating. And I, I love a data-driven approach like that. And I think you can't take out the emotion and the the uh, excitement around certain cars have being outlier results. And, and we see that all the time at auction. But, um, but it's also cool to be able to actually get into the data and, and look at it. I think modern consumers almost demand that sort of thing um, and, and enjoy it. You know, you, you're saying, God, this is, this is such a good conversation. I, and as soon as I said that we had 
you know, we'll, we'll wrap this up in 20, 30 minutes. I regretted it because I could do this for four hours. Um, you know, there is so much involved with, you know, from the dealer franchise to the dealer network to things like allocation on the dealer side that a lot of consumers just have no, no concept of, right? Like, you know, I, I know when I was uh, at a Benz dealer, it was like, well, we've got all three of the Mercedes SL65s that are coming to this state this year. So if you want to buy, you're going to buy what we tell you to buy. Um, you know, and and that's that kind of that kind of lack of transparency has always been a problem in terms of dealers relating to the public. So to have this source of data out there, I think is just huge. And I'm going to resist the temptation to turn this into a podcast about Saab sonnets and old Volvos and <laughs> how I I gave, so I, I will say this though, just because I, I love talking about myself. I had a, a serious addiction to Lancias and Alfa Romeos in the in the early '90s, mid '90s, um, when that stuff was really hard to come by and tough to find. And I decided that I was going to switch over to Saab because they were going to. That was a, a brand that was still kind of quirky and fun, but that was actually going to be around for a while. So uh, that's the story of how I caused the 2008 financial crisis that led to Saab dying. So sorry about that, guys. <laughs> that was that was also me. <laughs> but uh, in, in any event, I, I just, I love this conversation. I love what we're talking about here. Um, you know, one thing that we often talk about on the show is, uh, you know, the SEMA angle and this tuner car angle and the resto mod angle and seeing, you know, how do you put a price tag on a project car has always been the question, right? If you take your project car to a dealership, you might have 30 grand worth of work in it. The dealer is going to say that's worth zero. And then you find the right person is going to say, oh, 30 grand, but they did all the labor and the research. I'll pay 50 over for it. You know, are you finding in the EV space that it's, you know, is it still, mostly the OEM stock stuff because it is so new, or are you starting to see some of those resto mods changing hands on bringing a trailer? Um, I'm we're, we're definitely seeing uh, modified electric cars. Yeah. I was at SEMA this year and there was a lot of emphasis on electric as there should be. There's, there's energy and sort of, you know, garage tinkering ingenuity that's steering towards this. Some of this is just, you know, sign the check for the hundred grand, uh, you know, Ford Lightning with all the bells and whistles. And some of the sort of electric revolution is people, people tinkering and changing things and, and what is sort of collectible uh, about um, electric vehicles, right? The fact that we're now selling Tesla Roadsters for multiples of their MSRP back when they were um, original. Yeah, which is wild too, right? Because even Tesla has sort of Tesla corporate has sort of taken a step back from those and said, like, hey, we you know we don't have batteries for those anymore. We don't have certain parts for those anymore. So it's it's becoming a really uh, you know classic kind of thing, which as it should be. That's been 15, 16 years since those came out. Yeah, and it's a it's a pretty cool looking vehicle, right? It's not like they started with some dumb vehicle. They started with like a sports car, right? Which was kind right. of weird and people kind of couldn't believe that they were actually going to try that way. Um, very different than how some, you know, the other makers are starting with something that's a little more mainstream. So um, those vehicles, I mean, yeah, we could talk, go deep on those and results that we've had on those. I think it's fully justified that those are selling at a high premium. If you find one of those that somehow has viable new batteries in it and low miles and a good color, like that's a cool vehicle. And yeah. in the future, looking at what the future of you know, driving and fun vehicles will look like in the future. Like a Tesla Roadster is like right in the sweet spot of viability looking forward. So yeah, so this cool. is, and I, I nice agree with you hundred percent. 
Yeah, agree with you 100%. I'm, I'm going to ask you a philosophical question, right? Like, look into your crystal ball. You know, um, I just because even though this is an audio podcast, we're looking at each other. So I can kind of tell he and I are more or less, you know, Randy and I are about the same age. And when we were growing up and coming up, all the car enthusiasts, the baby boomer car enthusiasts, our parents, our grandparents, they would always talk about the Cobra as like the hot car, you know, the Cobra, the, the Grand Sport Corvette, the 427s, things like that. And that created like this kit car market that still exists, you know, kit Cobras, they sell hundreds of those a year, electric or, or not. Right. Um, do you foresee an era 15, 20 years from now where people are making like kit Tesla roadsters? Um, that's an interesting question that I've never been posed. I'll give you the, uh, well, I, I just thought of it. So like, one. it's not like, it's not like we're going to be able to go to the, uh, bring a trailer model page and see, you know, compare your answers to others. So let's yeah, see. That's, that's, it's interesting. I mean, those were built in very limited supply. So there is a parallel there, uh, when, a, when new, right. They only made yep. a few thousand of them. And then, um, but it was the also a those go yeah. through the roof. The reason there are replica vehicles now of classics is, because the the real ones, the authentic ones, were either so rare or or you know scarce for some reason that their price went like through the roof, and yeah. that 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 makes them totally unattainable. It makes sense to build a car from scratch instead of buy, like buying one of those, which you wouldn't think the economics would work, but it actually does. So that that could happen. I haven't really thought. That's a good topic just overall for BAT and elsewhere of like what things would be replicated in the future because they're impossible, yeah. impossible but think to get of the parallel. so electronic and stuff replicating it all i think is maybe a, not a path we're going to see again but maybe we would it's a good question well, but but think about the parallels right it was a lightweight british two-seater because it was the lotus elise that wasn't ever really popular in the u.s until someone jammed it full of a whole bunch of power and put a wide body kit on it and then you had like a really charismatic guy that was not part of the car industry. We had a chicken farmer on the one hand. And on the other hand, we have the guy who made PayPal. And then like, you know, this is a banker. So we got these two. There's a ton of parallels. I just love this idea of what would be replicatable. And you made the point about the cars today are so electronic, right? Like it makes sense that you wouldn't try to repair the motherboard on the TCU of a you know, 30 year old EV, you would just pop it out and put in some kind of whatever modern computer equivalent will be around yep. in 30 years. Like I, it makes perfect sense. I wonder if that's uh I wonder if that's a survey bring it, bring a trailer fans can say what's, what's the, uh, what's the modern EV most likely to be replicated in 30 years. I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to dig into that one. with It's a question that I haven't been asked before. Uh, so anyway, we'll see, we'll see where it goes, but the fact that they're desirable is undoubtable, uh, right. Yeah. A Tesla Roadster. And because the Tesla brand, I mean, there are people that'll wear the t-shirt and the hat and the, and the, you know, well, people tattoo, have the tattoos, tattoo yeah, the on, tattoos. Their, on their arms, you know, and it's like, um, that's just sort of the early signals of what, you know, you, you flash that 20 years forward and you're like, the early stuff is going to be sought after, right? What did somebody pay for the original? you know, Apple Macintosh uh, computer, which is like an outdated boat anchor piece of junk now, but it was, there's nostalgia and there's connection to the brand and there's origin story and there's crazy stuff. So I, I don't think um, it's any surprise that, that those sort of things, people ask me often though, are the model three and the model S and this sort of stuff going to be collectible? 
And my answer is only the very, very special ones. Like if somebody somewhere keeps a Model S with no miles on it and it's perfect, maybe that's interesting. Or maybe like Elon's personal Model S somehow has that provenance and he signs the dashboard. Like some Tesla geek would pay a fortune for that car, right? Yeah. Uh, But the the mainstream random one that's out in front of your office building getting door dings, like... I don't think the the market is going to ramp way up on those, given that how many they've made. But there will be special ones, just as there are now special Toyota pickup trucks that are highly sought after. Um, and those those oh, will, yeah. will you know, yeah, the Marty McFly SR5 was. Uh, there's a ton of those now, and there's there's going to be more of those. What a great what a great example, man. So you're in such a different part of this than the people I normally talk to, and I really want to geek out with you. I know we're coming to the end of our time contract here. And I'll be respectful of that. Um, I do want to share a story about my good friend, Brent CD, who was the original hire um, for Tesla's used car program. And he had Tesla model S and the VIN was 007. And he bought, he got that one because he he wanted to be 007. And like, that was That's a more, cool. yeah, a I, thought, I, I thought it was a good one. Um, but any, in any event, so I know we're coming to the end of our time commitment here. Um, obviously bring a trailer. Your, your role is just growing as both a data, a, a data, a source of data, a source of truth and a source of transparency for consumers. And, and obviously becoming more important here with the EVs. Um, you know, if, if I was a good interviewer and I had smart questions to ask you, uh, what would be like the one takeaway that you'd want for the listeners here to say like, man, this, even if I'm not, you know, in the market for something rare and collectible, this is a good reason why I should come to bring a trailer.com. Well, it's just been sort of fascinating over the last couple of years to see the adoption of this model of transacting online and finding ways to make it trustworthy. Like the whole problem with uh, everything rushing onto the internet in the early aughts, call it, you know, 2000, 2002, 2005, uh, every car dealer and eBay Motors and all this stuff, I mean, all this inventory just ran online, but there was no oversight to anything. And it was all just sort of a free for all. And the internet became full of half truths and less than half truths is what I like to call it. Right. And it's just like big claims and, and bad stories and and problems. And so we really set out to see what we could do in terms of transparency and follow through. One of the biggest problems is follow through, right? Like somebody online says, Oh, I'm going to come buy your car. And you're like, yeah, right. Don't set your watch by that. Right. Cause you'll be waiting around in your driveway forever. So it's um, it's been really interesting to see how people have, adopted and responded so positively to, oh, wow, this actually works online. The reason BAT is so sort of fascinating is not because we have the one-off, you know, uh, special Mustang or the one-off, you know, special EV. It's because the transaction works and people are like, whoa, now you're telling me I don't have to go to a car dealer again? That's sort of a high five moment, right? And you're telling me I know what all the... You're telling me I know what all the fees are going to be up front. That's like you always, you know, you get to the end of the deal at the car dealer. And you're like, man, where'd that three grand go? I didn't even see that go out of my pocket, but it's gone, you know? Oh, yeah. And so there, it's just a different transactional model. And there's copycats now, as you know, and other people are doing what we're doing because it's like, whoa, this, if you do that, if you play this right, it actually really works. And the, the, the uh, interesting parts of why it works are, uh, you know, human oversight and somebody guarding the sort of truth telling like you can't just like make up bs it needs to be um um there needs to be oversight in that both from a community base which we have 
and also from our staff. And so it, it's, it's, uh, as you know, kind of going like gangbusters and we're, we're really proud of it and, and it's been helpful to a lot of people and we're encouraged by that. Absolutely. Well, listen, uh, you know, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for being a part of it. How do we follow along? How do people listening, if they want to find out more about you guys and follow along with all the cool stuff you're doing, how do they, you know, follow you on social or, or do they just go to the website? Yeah. I mean, there's, we're doing stuff on social all the time, which are, are kind of fun stories out of the, you know, 700 vehicles that we list uh, every single week. Uh, the, the highlights are hit on, on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all the fun places. You can just find those at, at bring. Oh, I, I didn't know you guys had a TikTok. I'll have to search for that. Uh, just, <laughs> yeah. Just ramping up, just ramping up. And the, um, the best though, I mean, if you're into a particular model or you're into even EVs, you can sign up for every single category to get updates on what's coming across the site. And I'm signed up to the EV category. I'm also signed up to the race car category and the French car category and some other weird stuff. Oh. But, it, but you can get some you know, alerts straight to your inbox of, oh, wow, this vehicle just went live. And the discussion that happens on every vehicle, it's almost like a car magazine. It's almost like an article and a and a, a discussion about all these vehicles, and so yeah. if that's something that fires you up about any make or any right. model, uh, you can sign up for those individually or in sort of categories on BET and and be part of the uh, sort of learning experience. I, I just want to put in a, a, a PSA on that one. If if you do have an addictive personality and you get really excited about old Volvos. Do not follow Randy's advice because you will buy every conceivable 850 within like 150. You don't have to buy. I don't, I don't, you don't have to buy them, man. You, you have to buy. Like it's, and, it's, uh, and you can just read about them and geek out and then, you know, lock your wallet in a drawer. So you never <laughs> buy them. Uh, and it's all free to use. That's another thing about it's being all free to use. Yeah, 100%. It's totally free. Oh, man. To, to learn that stuff. You know, this is so this is so cool. Randy, thank you so much for being a part of it. Thank you for me personally. As soon as I saw that you were available for an interview, I didn't even think about what we we're going to talk about. I was just like, yes, bring him on. Let's do this. We're going to rock and roll. Um, you know, again, follow us along. If you've been listening, thank you so much. Uh, follow Randy, bring a trailer.com and uh, obviously follow us on Spotify, subscribe, uh, you know, Apple, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, we're everywhere. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for listening to the Electrify Podcast, brought to you by the creators of Electrify Expo. Be sure to catch full video episodes on YouTube at Electrify TV and follow along on social media for daily clips and more.